He will empower you to do what he's called you to do. That's, that's his job to make it happen, not yours. So your job is just to be willing. So I don't, I think anyone can do this. I, I honestly think anyone could do this. I don't know who couldn't. You are listening to the Grand Prairie Alliance Church Women's Podcast, where our aim is to encourage, edify, and equip you as you grow in your faith. May we be salt and light in this dark, mixed-up world. Welcome to GPAC Women's Podcast. Church Women's Podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Annette Weeb to talk a bit about discipleship and how we're all called to discipleship. It's not just for the elite wisdom holders of the church, but for all of us to embark on alongside people. So Annette, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, I have been married for, this is going to be the hilarious part, I want to say 32 years. We have three children and one grandchildren and one on the way, end of November. Um, two of my kids are married. I married Wayne in high school. I married Wayne in high school. I met Wayne in high school. <laughs> so I married my high school sweetheart. Um, and I'm trying to remember how long I've been attending the church. So this is totally a guess, but I want to say 13 years. Okay. So that'd be, and I guess the only other kind of interesting thing is I homeschooled my kids. Okay. Uh, what made you choose that? Uh, when my son was really young, I had a person come up to me and tell me that I should get him medicated because he had ADHD and he was all of four. So then I started homeschooling and every year we'd go, oh, just one more. One and more then year. next thing you know, we finished it out. <laughs> so <laughs> Next thing you know, 13 or 12 years went yeah, by. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> so. uh, would you mind telling us a bit about yeah, how you came to Christ, how you came to faith? Well, I was born and raised in a Christian home. I was actually raised in Alliance Church, so I've been Alliance for a really long time. Um, I, it would be very interesting. I think the first time I will say I was actually a Christian was when I was 12. But before that, I became a Christian many times. I was one of these people that if someone, nobody went forward, I was one of those people that went forward because I felt bad that nobody was going forward. And then one day, uh, a puppeteer was at our church, and it was just like the Lord just laid on my heart that uh, you've never really done this for your, yourself. And so mm. I think it was around 12. Okay. So that's my conversion experience. <laughs> I've been a Christian a long time. Yeah. A long history, but mm -hmm. yeah, that's so interesting. I think lots of us can uh, like relate to that weird feeling of like, I recommitted or like I, mm -hmm. I did that prayer many times. Mm -hmm. That's cool though that you have like a memory of like this time it was real. It was for me. It was yeah. for you. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell us a bit about FID? Like what does FID stand for and what is your role in it? Okay. FID stands for faith indeed. And so... FID has very has morphed into some different things lately, but w let's go with this. FID is think of it as an umbrella, okay. And so FID would be the uh, umbrella that everything falls underneath, and underneath that we have what we call frontline. And frontline is I have a team of men and women. There's one each week, and they answer the calls. So what most people would call benevolent in other churches, we call FID. Okay. So you can, as a, as a church member, if you need help, 
Instead of going to a pastor, which is how it works in most churches, we have found that it, we're better equipped as volunteers to do that than the pastors because the pastors are running all these other things and someone needs a bill paid. Well, they just either you're going to get the kind of pastor that just says yes to everything mm-hmm. or you're going to get the pastor that says no to everything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it came into being. So we have Frontline that takes the calls and determines if the need is a need that we can actually help. So as a church, we try to fill in the gaps. So if a community organization can fill in the gap, they do. And we're always looking for those people that are falling through the cracks. So we pretty much gear most of our help to the working poor. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of the gap that we see in Grand Prairie that is the biggest. So underneath that umbrella of FID, that's kind of like the first line of defense or however you want to say it, then there's the pantry. Okay. And the pantry program became a thing because we realized we were giving out emergency hampers. And if you're a mom of two or three kids and you get an emergency hamper, you're thankful, but it's really only going to help you for a day or two, mm-hmm. right? So we, we decided years ago that we were going to try this. We had, I don't remember if it was $10,000 in the count or 14000 And we figured, oh, $500 per family. And we figured we'd drain the account. We'd take three families, see what the Lord did. And we've never drained the account. If anything, it's always grew. We've always had way more money than we've needed to accomplish our goals. So the Lord is just constantly blessed and blessed and blessed. We've gone up to 18 or 20 families at one point. Now we're staying at 10. Okay. So we do 10 families, and in that 10, they get all of their f- things that they would need for the entire month. So they would get, or the week. So they're going to get their produce, they're going to get their milk, they're going to get um, their cleaning supplies, toilet paper. So we try to do everything we can to keep them out of the store. And then when they, try, when they come into the pantry program, they have to set three goals that they're going to work on. And if and then they meet with me on week six and then week eleven and I work through their goals and see why their goals they're not meeting their goals. What can we do to help? And so the purpose is is that they would be one step further after being through the pantry. We have hostesses that work that night, three different hostesses each week. And their purpose is just to build relationship with these people. So again, they're coming into the church. And we have found within two to three weeks, this becomes one of the highlights of all of these people's lives. Mm. Because they're coming in and they're meeting someone who truly cares, isn't involved in their mess, but is able to sit down and just build a friendship. Right. So it's been incredibly successful. Mm. What kind of goals do you help people set? It really is up to you. Okay. Because we really do. So we, it has to be measurable. So we try to set measurable goals. So it can be anything. It can be anything. It can be, I have to go to courts and file for child support. That's right? a goal. Yeah. It can be, I need to go to a mental health professional and prove that I'm going to these appointments. It can be, I want to learn, I need to learn budgeting. So we are going to set budgeting system or whatever would work for them or they might go to money mentors which is a community organization in town but they just set their goals and honestly as many people are that are in the pantry is that many goals Mm. like it's going to be what is important so you've already told your story to the frontline worker and the frontline volunteer is going to be the one that's going to help you determine your goals and then they pass on you to the pantry people and then the pantry people take care of you okay okay is there anything else under that umbrella well, we always have, we also have the Ukrainian events. Okay. So uh, that's just a unique thing that the Lord laid on our table when the war in Ukraine happened. So we were getting a group of Ukrainians that were coming in. So we decided to uh, 
fill their pantry. So meaning, because they were coming with nothing. So that would be everything to fill their sugar, flour, oatmeal, everything that they would need. I was going with another lady in our church who speaks Ukrainian, and we would just sit and meet with these people for a couple hours, kind of tell them about little things like busing system, electricity, how it works here, like stuff like that, and just let them feel comfortable. Plus, they would ask us for extra things, things that we'd say, is there anything else you're lacking? And that's where, I don't know if you saw it, but it'd be like, we need couches, we need, like it would come through. Um, So through that, I developed quite some relationships with some of these people, and I didn't want it to drop. So through that ministry, we have done events. So the first one was a dessert night at my house. It was really turned out very successful. So the per, the plan in that is to have GPAC people who have a heart to outreach come and mingle mm-hmm. and meet these these ladies where they're at. And if if you're listening to this and it's something that's your passion, I'm looking for people though that you have to be able to let go of your comfort zone. You're not going there to mingle with your friends. You're going there to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a very tangible way. And I'm telling you it's fun, it's rewarding, it's super easy once you realize it. So that's like our next event. So we also did, I don't know if you guys have seen the 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 um on Sunday mornings in Ukrainian. Yes, it actually says it in Russian because it turns out they all speak Russian and read Russian more than Ukrainian, which was, that's why it's in Russian, if anyone wonders. Because um, we have several that came here and they cannot read Ukrainian. They read Russian. So we have that on there and we, we translate. We've had Lily translating all of the worship music probably since July. Wow. Every Sunday. So... We are trying to make it very opening that we are open for them to come. At this point, we only have one that comes on a fairly regular basis. So we're going to try one more time and see if they come and see what the interaction is. Because a lot of them that would come now that I would have interaction are trying to learn English. So they'd be more apt to come. So we have that as another avenue. And then we have the large events. So you'll see like turkey Christmas, like right uh, Christmas, we do a big party for anyone that's been in the pantry or we've... Um, in the last year okay, is kind of how we do it. Um, and any Ukrainians we've helped. And then the new fun thing that I'm hoping to do, which I'd be great to plug it here, is the Lord has really laid on my heart to do something completely different for Easter. Okay. So we are not going to do Easter hampers this year. We're going to put on a massive Easter dinner. So my dream, and when I pictured that, it was really great because a friend just reminded me. I had a group of my frontline volunteers with me. I said, can we just pray and see if we're missing something? And one of them had a picture of us all sitting at this table eating a dinner, and I forgot about it. And that's what God's given me the dream to do this. I, in my mind, I think you're like the first Thanksgiving, you mm-hmm. know, where we're going to come. And so what I'm looking for is... Same thing I said about those events. Someone who's willing. I want. I need. I need as many GPAC people as I do others. Because if we're gonna we're gonna fill the gym in one big table, and there'll be like seven turkeys and seven, and we're all gonna sit down and we're all gonna eat it as a family. So that the purpose would be that if it was you, Vanessa, you you wouldn't know the person on your left or your right or maybe even bes- or across from you, but you're going to get to know them. And as a GPAC family, you're going to your purpose is to just be friendly, mm. just be friendly. So I'm looking for people that are willing to do that, not come. Now, if you're someone who's listening to this and you are struggling and you don't have food, please come because the purpose is we all want to go away full, physically as well as spiritually. So my heart would be. My heart prayer would be that you're set up sitting beside a person and you really connect and then you're 
tempted to let's go for coffee or hey why don't you guys come over to our house and then if each of us reach one it's not even a hard task right that's so important because I think sometimes we just think programs are the way right like we just need a program we just need a program but really the program is just facilitating what we want to go deeper into is Mm -hmm. the relationship Mm -hmm. because yeah there's I think we've all maybe gone to events where you're just kind of like, well, I went and like, it was fun, but I didn't make any like deep rooted connections. Yeah. Like we're humans. Like we want that. We do. I love that. That's the goal of these events. It's not just let's have a fun time for one evening. It's like, let's start digging the ground. Let's work the ground. Let's be intentional. Yeah. Let's be intentional. I always say we don't have a motive to helping you, but we actually do. <laughs> we want them to meet Jesus, but yeah. But start by letting them know how much we actually care. Care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, um, thanks for explaining FID because yeah, that's an acronym we hear in the church all mm-hmm. the time, and sometimes, especially for me, being a little newer to Grand Prairie Alliance Church, it's like, what is FID? So I'm so glad that you explained it. So I feel like you kind of already answered this, but the deeper goal of FID is to reach the people you said that are kind of in the cracks of our society. Yep. That's great. That is the goal. And to, um, well, we always want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We want to be the tangible expression. And isn't there's a saying about people won't want to listen to you until they know how much you care. What is that saying? People don't care. Oh, what is it? You're right. There's a saying. But basically along the lines of like, Yeah. They're not going to care until they know that you care. Or they're not right. Gonna or they're not going to listen. Yeah. And so, and we always think it's going to be the pastor. It's not going to be the pastor, right? It's going to be just those little acts of kindness that show that you actually care about them. Mm-hmm. So my hope is that I'm facilitating these events that grab the people that are just not, you know, you don't, you're not the person that wants to teach Sunday school, right? Okay. Sorry, Jen. It's not Sunday school children's ministry but you're not that person and so what I love about faith indeed is God uses absolutely every gifting whenever they're like oh what gifting I'm like oh my goodness I can use every gifting so I love it so you heard it here any gifting (laughs) come see Annette Uh, my next question is how many people do you think faith indeed kind of helps maybe in a year just, it could be a guesstimate if it has to be. It will have to be because I'm actually looking at the annual report going, oh, I wish we would have put approximately even on those numbers. Because um, it says 82 requests for help. But we get anywhere from 3 to 16 calls a week. Okay. So that number is only going to be if my volunteers let us know oh, Okay. that they got calls. And there's lots that don't because I don't remember. I was on Frontline just last week and I never gave anybody my numbers. So... Um, so I would say that that would be a really good accurate. We have far more female callers than male, but we do have male callers because lots of times women will admit they're needy faster. Um, we do care boxes. So that's another thing that you'll hear us talk about. And care boxes are enough food to last a week. So we don't just, and that's going to be your people that really are, they don't fit into the pantry program. They just need help for a short time. They're um, flex, like they're coming, coming and going, and there's just no benefit to giving them a whole hamper um, or a, a pantry program. So here it says we did 64, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, and it says total families, 30, 33. Wow. Those served. people are mainly outside of our church. Yeah, 90%. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have a few. A we few. have a few families that are on a one month where we just give them food once a month just to keep their pantry stocked. Mm-hmm. So, but most of these people are are definitely from the community. So, and we have and and fit is just so big. Mm-hmm. That's why I said we can use any skill set because we we have a hundred plus volunteers in a year for the events we do and a really good God story for the um, Thanksgiving hampers. I only had seven people sign up. I had eleven people show up to make them. Okay, for volunteers, you had seven yeah. signed up. Ooh, I can't even talk. Seven signed up, but miraculously, a few more. Uh, yeah, eleven. Like it was, and we were doing fifty-five hampers or something. So I was like, "This is going to be one long day." Mm. We were done in three hours. Wow, it was amazing. Yeah. So, how has FID led into mentorship or discipleship? Like, how have you seen that door, or have you, how have you been intentional? Um, when you are interacting with somebody and we, as a team, as I'm always teaching the the team that we're always relying on the Holy Spirit, this is his game. This is his, we're just following his lead. So if I was to meet you, Vanessa, and you called the church and you needed help, but you wouldn't even hint, you wouldn't even go, oh, what kind of church is this? Or is there anything, anything religious, um, then we take that as the Lord's is saying, I need you just to show up, be kind, be gracious. They already know who you are. But if you even hint, then we feel like the Lord is telling us that you are being drawn, that he's already working in your life. So there has been many times over the years that a person just says, I need you to pray with me, or can you pray with me? Or do you guys have people that pray? Or so as soon as they say something like that, you're like, oh, okay, the Holy Spirit's at work. So we, we step into that. Um, as far as how it went with mentorship, the blunt thing is, is I'm not a teacher. I don't like teaching. I'm not good at teaching. I, when I read my Bible, I've been a Christian, like I said, since I was 12 and I love God's word. Like that's probably my favorite thing is reading God's word. But if you were to ask me, um, where was the Bible say this, this, and this? I'd be like, no idea. (laughs) So when people asked me or when this question, that's how this came about. I started to think about really people don't need to know all the stories in the Bible. They don't need to know the controversy. They don't need to know, but they do need to, they need to meet Jesus. So I started with the gospel of John. Now you could do any gospel, but I always tell people start with the gospels because if they don't meet Jesus, what's the point? And they don't need to know your name. They don't need to remember you a year from now. And that was probably the hardest thing is realizing mentorship is short because you're so invested. You want to do more. And half the time after a book or two, they're gone. Okay. And that's your season. Um, But I think it came about because the Holy Spirit knows my strengths and my weaknesses. And I love people. I love God's word. And I totally trust that he is moving. Mm. It's his job. He doesn't ask you to do anything he doesn't empower you to do. So if he's telling us to do it, then he's got to show up. So just sitting there and opening God's word, I get emotional because you're just sitting there and reading God's word. So be like you and I could open up God's word together and just read it and then they just I just ask them hold God's word like hold it with have a pen in your hand be ready to listen what anything anything because if God's talking to you it's going to be it's going to be a question or it's like wow that's interesting or could that really have happened or anything and you write your bible because I always say a bible is a workbook 
it fits if it's not messy if there's not writing i'm always like shame on you like it's how how because satan wants to steal and destroy he's gonna steal it from you as fast as he god tells it to you okay maybe that's me i don't remember i'll go to church and i'm like wow that was so good and by the time i'm in the car i'm like what was so good so mm-hmm. I just think you have to be marking in your Bible. And that has been huge for discipling because it takes the pressure completely off of you. You open up with prayer. You ask the Holy Spirit to lead. And you see people light up because they're like, oh, well, this jumped out. And you can say, oh, so God is telling you something. Let's figure out what he could be telling you. Mm-hmm. And so then it just takes it all off on you. And then even if you're, I was telling a girl yesterday, new Christian and doesn't really know the Bible. And I said, oh, she goes, oh, I'm just learning so much. This is so easy. And I said, yeah. You could do this. And she goes, oh, no, I'm not ready for that yet. And I'm like, yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. You are. Because it's just, are you willing to just learn with somebody else? Mm-hmm. And I, when I, even when I introduced myself or I'm talking, I'm just said, yes, I know more than you because I'm on the journey further than you. But God has no grandchildren. You and I are sisters mm-hmm. just sitting and reading the Bible together. Now, I have had non-Christians do this with me as well. And it's awesome because you're just reading like through a book systematically and the Lord will deal with anything he wants to deal with. And so there's, you don't get into those controversial questions. I have never had it happen. I've had someone in the year, her son is a homosexual was like, well, he's afraid that I'm, I'm spending too much time. She was a pantry participant. I'm spending too much time with you because you're a Christian and Christians don't like homosexuals. And she said to her, her son, she goes, I don't think you, I have met it. I don't think that's true. <laughs> so it's those kind of comments. Like, I don't, why would you teach it? Don't go to those. Don't start with Ephesians or some of those books that are a little bit harder, right? Or don't, and I, I don't know if you remember, but I often, I always start with an overview of scripture because people want to read. What do we do when we get a book? We want to start at the beginning and go to the end. They're into Deuteronomy and they're like, whoa. First of all, it's way too much wars. It's too much fighting. Like it's too much bloodshed. It's too much annihilating of people. And then you're sitting there trying to have a discussion about things that they haven't even met Jesus. Now you and I've met Jesus. We can read it and go, oh yeah, I see him at work here, Mm -hmm. but they don't. Mm -hmm. So I just take that away because once they meet Jesus and they know how much Jesus loves them and they know what he did, then I just allow the Holy Spirit. So I've done in the group I'm with now, we did um, John and now we're doing a feat. We've just finished Ephesians mm-hmm. because now they, they, they still don't know who they are. Right. Right. Now you've met Jesus, but now do you trust that he doesn't lie? Okay. Well, this is who he says you are. No, you don't have to feel it. You don't have to understand it. This is who he says you are. And then now we're doing Mark, uh, Matthew, because okay. they want to do another gospel. <laughs> They're like, bring me back to Jesus again, <laughs> please. <laughs> I love Matthew. Um, that's probably when you were talking to our group about picking a gospel, I was like, I liked your kind of your definitions of the different ones. And I'm like, I like Matthew. Cause yeah, you, I don't know. I would kind of describe him as like kind of to the point, not necessarily over details, but there's just often things that I was just like, man, the message I keep getting over and over from the book of Matthew is like, God cares about my heart mm-hmm. more than anything else. So Look however you want to look on the outside, Vanessa. God is looking at your heart. Well, and Matthew being a tax collector, he that's what he was doing, right? Observing, observing. And he was so hated. Right. And he's like, hey, I'm coming over. Like, I'm just... And look at his disciples. They're like, we cannot go in there. <laughs> we can't hang out with Matthew. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Gospels are amazing. Did I answer your question? I, I might not have. I think you did. Okay. 
I think, oh, I guess I was saying like, how did FID lead to this? But you did answer before, like you're meeting people. If they seem open to it, then you take that advantage of like, okay, I'll pray with you. Would you want to read the Bible? Or if they have questions? Yeah, it's more, uh, would be more relationship after that. So when people go, are they interested? That's when we like pray or we might talk about the Bible or we maybe can plug them into a youth or women's ministry, depending on where this family is. The Bible comes from if you can have more coffees with them because they're not still, they would never want to go there yet. Okay. Right? Now, maybe they would. Maybe I'm just not bold enough yet. But I, I, I find that a couple coffee times, and then usually you can, because they know you care. And right. now you, it's like, who empowers me? Who? Why do I get through a day? Mm-hmm. How do I have self-worth? How mm-hmm. do I? And it's Jesus. Jesus has answered all my questions. Well, by the time you've had three coffees, they kind of know, right, right, the purpose of your life. And so I don't know. I, that's a hard question because I'm trying to think about how it works, but it just does. Mm-hmm. The pantry is definitely a huge benefit for that. It's the softening of the mm-hmm. heart. Um, my apologies if you can hear a funny noise right now. I don't know what that is. It's not the toilet. <laughs> it's something else, but that's fine. We are not in the bathroom, just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved how you just said, like, you have people coming from lots of different backgrounds. Some people could have had a religious or Christian background. Some people, nothing at all. Um, what blew me away when you were telling our small group about discipleship was just like, hey, let's just like go do a brief overview of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to start at the beginning, which might be completely confusing to someone about, well, why wouldn't you start right. at the beginning? Um, yeah. Why would that be important to like do a kind of like a small like synopsis of the Bible? Because everyone knows what the Bible is in their own definition, right? Because okay. it's the best sold book. Everyone's seen it on their grandma's. Okay, everyone might be getting too extreme because we are living in more of a secular society. But the fact of the matter is, if you say Bible, people have something. And so when you say there's 66 distinct books, you can just read it whenever when you want. Usually the light bulb goes on just like that. And when I explain, like when we say, we were talking before we got on the mic about Christianese or, or church words, and Old Testament and New Testament is Christian words. So I often will go covenant, like it's a, it's or, or the new promise, like the old promise, the new before Jesus, after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that they understand it's just like, this is history, this is history too, but it's more prevalent to what we're learning. That's why I can usually draw them into the new and just introducing them. So it's like, oh, if you want to read battles and stuff, of course you should be reading First and Second Samuel. But if you want to learn who you are in Christ, well, you probably should be reading Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, right? If you're someone who wants to understand world events, well, then you want to go into Revelations because that book is going to be more your prophecy books. So by taking them all the way through, just a really quick overview or a synopsis, I don't know if that's the proper word, it gives them, first of all, it empowers them because now they kind of have an overview themselves. And when I do the Gospels, I give them like a 30-second view of each author. And then I say, this is why I choose John, because he says the disciple that Jesus loved. And I used to always think, oh, whatever. And now I believe God has shown me it's because John wants you to know it. Annette, you're the one that Jesus loves. Mm. Vanessa, you're the one that Jesus loves. So if you want to feel love, if you want to understand the love of God, John doesn't want you to know his name. Mm. And that's really what discipleship comes down to. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not about me. Mm. It's about me. I've got no skin in the game. 
God who loves all of these people that he's bringing has all the skin in the game and he, he did everything he could Mm. to reach out to them. So I find the synopsis is really empowering for people. It also allows you then when you sit down and even if we take for granted chapters and verses. So we go in there and like, oh, let's go to chapter 12 verse and they have no idea what you're talking about. Right. So just giving them, it just empowers people that everyone is on the same playing field. Right. Yeah, because it's awkward if someone expects you to know something and you're like, I don't know what you're talking yep. about. Like, oh, exactly. It's a horrible feeling, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Howie, how did you learn this technique? When you were explaining it to our group, I was like, I don't feel like anyone has ever um, really explained it to me this way. You made it seem so easy and tangible. Not sorry, easy, but simple. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to have a degree in theology, philosophy, apologetics, whatever, to be able to just say, hey, I want to, if you want to read the Bible, I would love to sit alongside you and just trust, like you said, the Holy Spirit. This yeah. isn't on me. Or do you want to join me? Yeah. I read my Bible every day. Do you want to just join me in it? Like, it's not even that I'm going to teach you. Right. It's like, let's join together. That is a really interesting question. And I have pondered it because you did ask me, tell me the question. And I was like, I... I believe God gave me this system, and if someone's listening and they told it to me, make sure you clarify. But I think he gave me this system because I'm not a teacher. I'm not. I'm not. I don't remember things. And so, but I love God's word, and I truly trust that the Holy Spirit is teaching. So that is why I think it came about, because it's just easy. And and when you said the you don't have to be a pastor. When I did this a couple times, I had taken through, I think I was on my third group of going through the Gospel of John. And I was like, oh, I need to know more. So I went out and got a study guide. I was reading and I'd come all prepared. And that was my worst one I've ever done. Okay. By far. Because it was all about Annette. Hmm. It was what could Annette. So Vanessa and I are reading together and Vanessa's like, way over here. And I'm like, oh, but did you know what this and this means? And and I've done all this studying. Well, I got to sh- I don't want to show you, but when I show up and go, okay, well, let's open up. I haven't even pre, I often will pre-read it just so I have a bearing, but even sometimes I don't do that Hmm. because it's like, God's going to show up. This is his word. He says it's living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. So if I truly believe it's living, then he's going to meet the person where it is. So I think it came about because I don't have the skills. (laughs) Well, he is strength in our weakness, right? Right. That's so cool that you're like, I just did what I could do and God showed you this yeah like I don't I don't know I have no idea where it came from it kind of reminds me of like when you're learning a new game like a card game and someone is telling you the rules and there's so many rules you're like can we just please play the game because I'm like for me I'm not an auditory learner like you Mm -hmm. need to show me so same thing like just kind of being like this is the bible let's get a little comfortable where things are what these weird numbers why is there a big number and a tiny number like those things but then just be like let's just sit down and read it now like you're like let's just get to the meal not just talk about the meal like or whatever let's get to the game I want to play the anyway and and you'll you will I always learn like I always walk away with something the Lord talked to me about Mm -hmm. So you're not even, you're not even in the role of teacher. Right. So humbling. So you just have a cup of coffee with your friend and bring Jesus in. Is there anything God's been like teaching you through this, through whether it be faith indeed or all the baskets or the mentorship? Like it's all about Jesus. Yeah. It's all about Jesus. 
that, and when you said it, he's way stronger in your weakness where I think we, I always even struggle when we talk about spiritual gifting because I find that when I'm operating not in my spiritual gifts, I am way more empowered because I don't, I don't, I can't take any credit. I can't, it, you stay in a humble zone. I'm not saying he doesn't give a gifting and that's an awesome thing. And there is gifts that God has given me and I'm very thankful, but yeah, I, I just think realizing that greater is he that is in me. Like that's always in my mind. Like it's always in my mind. He is, he is present and he is here. We are sitting here across from a table and there's a third person sitting here with us. And he's guiding this conversation and he's going to determine who needs to hear this. And he's going to speak to whoever he needs to speak to. Our job is only to be obedient. Mm. And even for Vanessa to do these podcasts, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't sit there going, wow, I can't wait to do this again. But this is what you feel God is calling you to do. And you walk in obedience. Mm. And I just think as long as we continue to do that, he takes our meager things like the widow's might, and he turns it into something amazing. And you can't take credit for you. And when you can't take credit for it, I just think God's going to want to bless it and bless it and bless it. Because mm-hmm. then his name will be praised. Yeah, that's so true. Even on Sunday, um, Pastor Andrew was speaking about spiritual gifts and like how when he is using his spiritual gift, like he's just filled with joy. And I think for me, I kind of had like an aha moment there because I've often felt almost like guilt of like, of like, oh, you're being proud. Like there's this weird, like, oh, you're mm-hmm. being arrogant. It's like, oh, are you happy or are you being proud? Like, are you filled with joy for like, cause you're basically living in the thing that God has blessed you in. Or is it like, look how awesome I am. Well, and didn't he say unique joy? He might have, yeah. Because that's what hit me too. Because, yeah, it was the same with me. Such a powerful statement. Because it made me think about even the job. A lot of my job is turned into administration and it gets me really tired because I'm not administrative. I'm a people. I, I... Hearing someone tell their sad their story is empowering for me. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds weird, but that's my gifting. Mm-hmm. So it even hit me for Winterize Your Ride because I was like, okay, I got everything down. I got all the volunteers in place. This is the first time in how many years? In 10 years, I'm not going to be there. Last year, I think it was half a year, half a time. But And then it hit me when he was talking because he's like, well, write down. And I was like, I'm, I'm doing everything that drains my soul. And the thing that's going to fill my soul, <laughs> I'm going to skip. <laughs> so it was yeah I I think the same thing I was like that was so empowering it's Mm -hmm. like what gives you unique joy that doesn't that's where your gifting is and that's your purpose that's that's why he's you're here at Grand Prix Alliance Church in this body at this time Mm -hmm. because this is needed yeah I just think that's amazing yeah I'm so glad he said that because yeah I don't know why why it would feel weird to be like oh I love doing this and it's not of me. I'm not in love with me doing this. I'm in love. I love doing this because there's something in me that's just like burning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I wanted to end with what advice would you give to someone who feels like they're not ready or they might not be fully qualified or they've disqualified themselves in mentoring? Like that can sometimes feel like such a heavy, almost like a label, like a title, right? Exactly. It's the word. Yeah. I would get rid of the word. Get rid of it. I would say, can you have coffee with somebody? Mm. Can you read? Do you have the, can you read? If you can read, you can do this. Mm. Because nothing, all ownership is on him. He will empower you to do Mm. what he's called you to do. That's, That's his job 
to make it happen, not yours. So your job is just to be willing. So I don't, I think anyone can do this. I, I honestly think anyone could do this. I don't know who couldn't. I think a Christian that's only been a Christian for a week could do this because you're not, you're not teaching. Now, if someone comes up to you and goes, I don't understand that, and it's something that's like, okay, well, I'm going to find that out. There's a ton of teachers. There is a ton of people who have all the schooling here. And you can ask that. And then the next week you say, hey, I checked into it. This is what they said it was. I think it's empowering for people to even see that you're not afraid to not know. Right. I don't have to have the answers. I don't. And sometimes I think we're so busy hearing our own voice. And that would be my problem too. It's like, oh, I feel like I have to know. No, I don't. Hmm. And half the time my answer wasn't actually what they were asking. <laughs> so that would be my my thing I think absolutely anyone could do this and if someone's interested at all they can feel free I do do a study if they want to come and observe or if they want to meet me it would it literally is is easy and I feel like because of how this is coming together that we're on a wave and this may be our next wave Mm. that we are going to start you know reaching out to our neighbors more and not reaching them out because I'm going to win them for the Lord. I'm going to reach them out because I'm going to be the visible hands and feet. I'm going to just be Jesus in their life and then allow Jesus to tell me mm-hmm. what my next steps are in this relationship. Mm-hmm. A lesson I've been learning this past year, I'm trying to think of the specific example, but I really felt like over and over the Lord was just saying, just you're saying just be obedient and I'm going to do the heavy lifting. And anytime I tried to do the heavy lifting, yeah, it's funny how it's like, oh, that didn't go how I wanted or as smoothly or it backfired compared to just being like, I'm going to be obedient and not know how it's going to play out and be okay with that. And always reminding myself, like some of us plant the seed, some of us water the seed. We don't all get to do the harvest. And sometimes we're like, oh man, God, I really feel like I flopped on that one. But to just be like, I trust you with my flop. (laughs) Well, Charles Stanley says, obey God and leave all the consequences to him. Mm. And I love that because it's just like, obey God. Yeah. Simple, not always easy, but simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Annette. I really appreciate you coming in and just explaining what fit is for me. And then also, yeah, just like your heart behind how you mentor disciple, whatever you want to call it, basically walk alongside people who are willing to sit down and read the Bible with you and let God do the, do the growing. The heavy from lifting. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for pushing me yeah, no to problem. do something like this. If someone did want to reach out to you, is there an email or some way that would be best for them to get in contact Just with you? Just contact the church office. Okay. And they'll get you in contact with me. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. No problem. That is our episode for today. We want to thank you for listening. If you have any topic ideas you'd like us to cover, please send us an email to office at gpalliance.ca with the subject title of women's podcast in the title there. That way it gets to me. That would be great. We would love to hear any of your ideas. Lastly, we're trying to reach as many listeners as we can in hopes of growing the kingdom of God. Whether you tell someone in person about the podcast or leave us a review on your podcast app of choice, we would so appreciate it. Those things really help people find us. May the Lord bless you and keep you, dear friends. And until next time, God bless.